Welcome to the second episode of the Anime Book Club, uh, the series where we're going to watch anime two episodes a week till the sun dies. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm here. I've watched some JoJo. I'm I'm so excited for uh, this particular episode. We watched episodes three and four of the first season of JoJo, and this is what I wanted from the start. What these two episodes in particular are? Well, no, just the where it, I feel like the bazaar is here. Oh yeah, we're finally that. The first two, I think we talked about it last week. Uh, the first two episodes are like a British period drama, and then vampires show up. I think we said it first time too. The first two felt like it was a rush to get to the part he wanted to like. Yeah. It's like we, I have to have all this set up, otherwise you don't know that they hate each other a yeah. lot. The overthinking. Well, it reminds me. Do you remember Yu Yu Hakusho? I didn't see Yu Yu Hakusho. A big thing about Yu Yu Hakusho is like the main character dies, becomes a ghost, and he does all these little mini stories to get back to life. He gets back to life, and then all of a sudden it's a fighting anime, and it's dope. I feel like JoJo is a similar case, where it gets through this homework, and then it becomes a fighting anime, and it's dope. Was it the fighting anime for, like, the rest of its series, or was it one of those that kept changing it up kind of things? It never stopped. They had a series okay. of tournaments of different and varying degrees. It was a tournament dope. anime. That's even different. It stayed so tournament -y. I love you, Yu Show. That may be, may be a future anime book club, but we're talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. David Production is the name of the people that did the animation for this. I think they do a phenomenal job, just to give a shout out to the, to the people over there. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about episode three? Yes, episode three. What was that one called? All righty, so we're going to start with episode three, The Youth with Dio. This episode begins, and I have to... It's so hard to describe the beginning of this episode without evoking, like, maybe the WWE or Phoenix Wright. <laughs> because as we left it, Dio has come back home after his rough vampire fight. He's got a broken arm, and JoJo is standing in a dark room holding a candelabra, being like, welcome home, brother. That was fun taking, like, a, like, like a week break and just coming back to that to remember where we left off. It's like, oh, wait, yeah, it's on. Like We were in the middle of stuff. So the funny thing for me is I accidentally in my notes were like, oh, man, it's fight time. And then the intro song happens, and then they just start chatting. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, more than just chatting going on for, like, the next, what do we got, like, five minutes, I want to say? So much exposition. So JoJo explains to him that not only has he realized that Dio has poisoned George, he has cured George, just wants to fight, uh, just wants to talk, he doesn't want to fight his brother. That was the best part. It's like, it's like, but we were raised as brothers, which I find amusing because like we had the whole rugby thing where they suddenly had the realization to each other. Oh, wait a minute. I don't trust this at all. <laughs> it's like, yes, Jojo, I'm going to destroy you. And Jojo has an internal monologue. Like, you were my brother, but wait, I didn't trust you. <laughs> the gullibility scale is broken by the end of this scene. <laughs> so like Dio's response to just wanting to talk is like, all right. He pretends to like turn himself in. He's like, all right, Jojo, you caught me. It's it's a real pity that I was born poor because that's the only reason I made bad decisions. And then drum roll. Oh, it's so amazing. Number one of oh, many. It's the best scene ever. So he's like, I'm a stab Jojo. All of a sudden, Speedwagon reveals himself with a match. He's been standing in the darkness. He doesn't got a candelabra. He's got Another a match. Another person in the darkness. It's so, he was standing there the whole time waiting for a moment to cut in. Wasn't he behind the curtain or was that everyone else? I recall, yeah, that's the, the curtain is not here yet. Okay. Speedwagon standing lovingly just out of frame and just out of the light of the candelabra waiting to strike a match. <laughs> reveals himself, declares that he is Speedwagon the meddler and that he is capable of smelling bad and that Dio was just born bad. Yeah, it's like, I know bad when I smell it. 
And that guy, he's the worst. Like, if he's such a supernatural judge of character, you know, unless he gets kicked in the head first. This guy was a hooligan on the street that was going to mug JoJo for money. And now he's all like, I got the mortal nose. <laughs> Let me give him a snip. No, socioeconomics got nothing to do with Dio. That guy was born bad. How great is Speedwagon in that moment, Matt? How great is Speedwagon? I think that might be his best moment in these two episodes we're discussing today. That might be his shining moment for me at least i got a couple of speed wagon quotes we may touch on uh following his declaration he then throws the poison man uh who has still not been named the man that sold dio poison uh the asian gentleman they throw him out and go like yeah we got your guy that's how we cure george and then to one up themselves they open the curtain and then george and a whole bunch of cops are there there's a lot of curtains in that room that they were waiting to dramatically throw open I just love the idea. Like, how did JoJo, who's like, was was it Speedwagon who pitched this? Like, all right, guys, we got him. But hey, wait behind this curtain. We'll all take turns coming out. Yeah, this required setup and planning. It's like, all right, you're curtain number one. You're curtain number two. Don't miss your cues. Or, or do you think this is George's fault? Like, George's like, I still don't believe my son Dio would do such a thing. They're like, dad, wait behind the curtain with all these cops. <laughs> It's it's so good. It's so good. Uh, a note I had to write is that even George can tell that Dio is in the wrong at this point, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is great because Dio didn't actually stab Jojo. Speedwagon stops all that. So from from an, an observer's point of view, all that's happened is that Dio's like, alrighty, I'll turn myself in. I'm so sorry that I was bad and poor. And Speedwagon's like, this guy sucks. And everyone's like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> and then we get this weird thing. So the poison man is like, Dio's not done. He's got three moles on his ear, which is a sign of the devil's luck. There was actual something about that. Oh, did you research that? Is there actually the devil's luck? Is this a thing? I don't think, no. I I fell across a wiki article while trying to look up the lyrics to the opening song. Oh, okay. And it meant, like, I wanted to figure out, it was starting stuck in my head, and I had to start chanting the very end part of it over and over recently. Jojo. Yeah, I keep going Jojo. So Jojo. Jojo. Like, one of my favorite parts. Walking around the house saying Jojo. Yeah. Jojo. But like the end part where it talks about the fate of the blood and like, yeah, it's a big running theme in Jojo. And then it related to like how Dio has a fate because of the moles on his ears. There's a lot of fatalism in this. But then going back to his old tricks again, literally the same trick, Dio goes, well, if you got me, I want my brother Jojo to handcuff me personally. <laughs> like the same joke the same uh, gag the same plan but it doesn't get old like it never like it never not works yeah jojo's willing to do it and uh, kind of like before even jojo can finish his inner monologue of like well i gotta do this handcuff thing mm-hmm. dio gives this great monologue where he's like oh man i had all these plans you know why they didn't work out because i'm a human human plans suck i don't want to be a human anymore he slaps the mask on his face and then proclaims that he will use Jojo's blood to surpass humanity. You got to admire his uh, his tenacity right there. Like he, he was committed to that. It's, it's really cool to see that he's just like, I saw that one thing. I'm down, friend. What, it, what can only be described is like, how did... So it's weird that no one tries to stop Dio from doing this. And George, a mostly bedridden gentleman, has managed to jumps in front of Jojo and takes the knife shot for him. And like Jojo himself says, I should have dodged that. He's like, what but happened? I was thinking about the mask. Yeah. He's like, wait, he has my mom's mask. Uh, to quote 
a parody of a different anime. Why didn't you dodge? It's crazy. Like Jojo is a an Adonis, a physical specimen. And George manages to jump in front and takes the blow. The blood splashes on Dio. The mask lights up. The cops just, they be cops, so they just start blasting him. That was my first thought, too. I was like, well, that's the reaction. The yeah. guy who just lost his knife could literally be subdued by five men. Just shoot. He's unarmed. Shoot him. <laughs> the best part of this whole thing is as he is being, and these are like old-fashioned pistols, too, so they don't really have that many bullets, but it's like done like Sonny Corleone out of The Godfather, and yeah. Dio is laughing the whole time they are riddling him with bullets. <laughs> He's made a statement on his character at this point. If that was how he died, he'd probably be stoked about that. And uh, they do the great uh, sound effects while he's laughing and being shot. It's, it's great. I love the design of this show. And then Speedwagon, with his astute eyes, goes, that, that, that is a lethal stab. I know those. Oh, God, yeah. St Speedwagon is so great. And he also blames himself. He's like, how did I not foresee that this would happen? Was uh, it him? I thought it was. Oh, wait, in the second, it's the. Oh yeah. Well, everyone takes her. So George, George is like JoJo. I'm done for. Take your mom's ring. <laughs> and then after he hands over the ring, Speedwagon's like, "Oh no, I'm the worst. I should have stopped this." And then the chief of the cops is like, "No, I'm the worst er because I knew Dio's dad and could have stopped this years ago." <laughs> And we get a crazy flashback. I forgot this actually happened, but Dario Brando actually did take uh, George's ring right off his hand. Yeah, I'd forgotten that from the first episode too. I didn't think he got away with it. Yeah, so he tried to pawn it. The cops arrested him. The, I think the craziest revelation of this flashback is how poorly that cop aged. Oh God, yeah, you're right about that. I hadn't thought about it. I had a record scratch moment. That's in my notes. That cop yeah. aged poorly. Like, I don't know how much time has gone by. George George just kind of looks like he's great a little. That cop has lost all of his hair. Wait, did George look like he aged at all? The guy looks almost as young as Jojo in the present time. So if you, his purplish hair has now turned a grayer purple. Okay. That's all they've... And he kind of thinned out a little bit. He kind of thinned out a little bit. And, and what is a bizarre scene? They bring George to the prison, and he decides to cover for Dario. He's just like, man, if I were born poor, I'd probably still rings too. So take this ring and and pawn it and and give up your life of crime. Right. Well, like the, so far, the JoJo's have like this messiah complex going for them. So he knew it, the revelation. The big thing of this is uh, George basically knew that Dio came from bad stock and thought that he could raise Dio better. And he's like, that's why I kept picking on you, JoJo. I tried to coddle Dio to make him a good guy, and I knew you could take it. And then he dies. Right. I actually liked his death scene. I thought that one was, that it actually touched me a little bit. His whole, like, I, you know, it's not such a bad thing to die in my son's arms. It's much better than the other way around, I suppose. Yeah, you know, that is that is a good point. George did have a good, a good closer. However, the thing that caps off his death and I think really crystallizes a great scene is that Speedwagon then proclaims his love for the Joestar family, describes them as literal <laughs> giants, and then cuts what is basically a promo about them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then he goes off to, he's in, like, it's almost non sequitur. He goes in, Jojo has inherited his father's spirit. I could see it going into like, him. I watch it. It's <laughs> from this point on, too, I have this realization that Speedwagon seems to stop being useful. He stopped doing things. Can I tell you a moderate spoiler? Go on. 
I don't think he ever throws that hat again. I think he's solely <laughs> there to describe things. I've been wondering what happened to that hat because he never, the blades have just been up there. Like, yeah, his Ugh. whole entire point, at least in these two episodes, has been to do nothing but like this reactionary narration stuff. Well, every hero needs a hype man and Speedwagon. <laughs> he's hype. He's got that down. Yeah, he's got it down. It's so great. And it's uh, so he cuts his beautiful promo. Oh, I also don't think that yeah. Speedwagon ever again talks at a normal volume. Oh, he's always yelling. <laughs> I think yeah, from now on, every single one is him like crying and or screaming. <laughs> so these men are giants. It's so, I love speed. I love what Speedwagon brings to the show so gosh darn much because like the narrator basically takes breaks like he only shows up for the end of the episodes now because speedwagon took his job mm -hmm. speedwagon i believe it's speedwagon who notices the dio's body is gone yeah oh yeah i guess i should have mentioned they shot dio so hard he flew out of a window weren't they on the first story what was the up with that well it was it was a ground level window but like he, he they shot him so much he fell out of a ground a ground level window oh a pin in that other thing the narrator does make one more pop appearance before the end and it seems completely random in this episode i definitely have a note on that one. Oh, cool we will get to that and i think i know what you're talking about but then we have a thing where i remember seeing this in the manga and going this this is sick the uh, cop, the captain cop, dies in a super gruesome, like, Dio, like, boops him in the back of the head, and the top half, like, at the jaw of his head flies right off and lands on the ground. They all get it pretty bad at this point. Oh, my God, yeah. So the basic thing is, like, Speedwagon sees the body's gone, immediately is smart to be like, everyone get away from the window. And the cop captain's like, what do you mean? And that gets murked. And then Dio reveals himself to have gone full vampire. He's got this wonderful grin on his face like it's a giant ear-to-ear -ear smile with those those eyes he's got the eyes he's got the eyes of the vampire he is stoked and maybe it was just me but the, the theme music he's got during this whole scene where he just jumps back up i was i was jamming to that yeah i was back on team team dio at this point he's great he swaggers into the room nobody wants to shoot him even like they're all just like lockjaw jojo like points his gun at him they have a fake out kind of moment where you see the gun fire and Dio takes one in the dome, but it was actually Speedwagon, the best character in the show. He does do something, sort of. Yeah. Well, I mean, he picks up the gun and goes like, I can't shoot you, brother. And then Speedwagon caps Dio in the brain. Unfortunately, Dio is too cool to die. He then, <laughs> I wrote like, gives a hover promo. Like he jumps, but he just hovers in the air for a while and talks for a good long while. I got that exact same note of him just like, how long is he going to hang up on that ceiling? Because he's <laughs> there for a while. He's not even talking for a while. He's just out there hanging and like breathing menacingly. Yeah, he like breathes menacingly. He sucks the blood out of one of the cops and then throws him. And like all the cops like literally explode into gore. And Speedwagon, everyone's favorite incredible angel, is hurt. His arm gets broken in this. In response to seeing all the death and gruesome and gore, Jojo has a freakout monologue where he says that he doesn't understand everything that happens, but then goes to recap the first two episodes with enough information where you kind of feel like he understands what's happening. Yeah. It, it's, it's a real weird moment. And then we get cop zombie. <laughs> well, first he ripped that spear out. Was it a statue he took it from? I don't remember. Was it just a wall? Oh yeah, well the the cop zombie gets up. Like one of the the cop that he drained gets up and he's like, "Yeah," and he's uh -huh. he's going to go drink Speedwagon. And Jojo grabs a spear from one of the suits of armor and hits the cop with it as if it were a club and not a spear and yeah. it com completely demolishes the cop. It was a wushu spear, not a 
not the European spirit should have been. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point, Jojo challenges Dio to a spear fight and Speedwagon's response is to then cut a promo about how brave Jojo is, but it's hopeless. And then does play-by-play -play commentary of their fight. Which is what he does now. It's great. He's like, oh, Jojo, you're so brave. Oh, shoot, he stabbed you in the shoulder. Like, Jojo takes a real bad, uh, like, yeah. Dio breaks off the, sho the, the spear thing and then stabs him in the shoulder. Well, here's the best part. Jojo doesn't care about that spear in his shoulder either. He just leaves it there. I have that note, too. Like, it's like just, three more scenes. It hangs. It looks so stupid. It's like he's got a pipe. I don't ever think he's worried about, like, the blood. I think he just literally doesn't care about it. He's like, I forgot I have this spear in my shoulder. Um, He does have a bright moment, though. So after, like, he realizes that he can't beat Dio, he uh, blows out his candles and then hides behind a curtain uh, and allows Dio to find it by bleeding profusely under it. Yeah. Well, this was my favorite. Like, I have this one definitely right down. It's one of my favorite moments because it was the Joestar family secret technique curtain room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great because Dio's like, oh, Jojo, you are so stupid. I know all about, ah, and he opens the curtain. Jojo is somehow living on fire. And Jojo is cradling Speedwagon lovingly under one arm. And Speedwagon's got a lantern. And there's that big dumb spear stuck at Jojo's shoulder. And then I think maybe one of my favorite images of these two episodes, uh, Jojo lights the house on fire, jumps up to the second floor, like throws, throws Speedwagon like, Throws him out of the building somehow. Yeah, he like uses his big muscles to do that. And Dio's response is to just walk up the wall. Yep, that was the moment. It is so cool. Like he does like a, a, a saunter, a stroll, just straight up with zero effort. It's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. It's like, like instead of nowhere too, it's like all of a sudden, yeah, he can walk up walls now. Sure, why not? He's He was not phased by it at all. He could have hovered, but no, he chooses to walk up the wall. While uh, continually like shouting at, at, at Jojo. Oh, I love hearing Dio shout Jojo. He does it so much in this episode. It's so good. It it's... is on par with whenever I hear a Japanese voice actor go, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm so glad we're watching this in the Japanese because whoever the actor is for Dio is killing it. Is Every, killing it. He shouts Jojo and I'm kind of cheering while my blood curdles. It's great. It's so great. So like we then have like a back and forth kind of thing where Jojo, the house is on fire. Jojo is like leading Dio up to the roof. And then by the time they get up there, Speedwagon has another one of his, his maybe fifth monologue of the episode where he's like, oh God, Jojo wants to burn Dio at such a rate where he's, he cannot regenerate his wounds. I hate this plan. Ah. No, Jojo, don't. He says for like the 10th time. It's, it reminds me of like Dragon Ball Z Bridge when Krillin is screaming about the spirit bomb. Like if Dio just paid attention to Spe Speedwagon, he'd realize what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> the burning building's the only thing that could kill Dio. <laughs> we then get uh, Dio makes it to the roof and Jojo's response is to tackle him back into the house. <laughs> oh, but it's how he comes to the roof. Cause Dio's, uh, Jojo's up there by himself, like just looking around. I suspect this anime moment where he's just going to like grab from under, get his foot dragged back down, which doesn't make any sense to begin with, because how does Dio do that through the roof? Yeah. <laughs> he jumps, like he attacks Jojo by jumping through the roof itself. And one of the things I know about uh, Jojo from just the internet is the oro, oro, oro. And I feel like this is the first time we hear a repetitive sound screamed like that from Dio so at this point. 
he says muda 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 yeah and that's something that is is a classic thing for the dio character to say muda 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 which i think it means it's useless or something oh well it's it's in my head now. It's fantastic. So then he does his awesome, jumps up to the roof. Uh, Jojo tackles him down, being like, I'm going to take you to the bottom of this building. And Dio's like, and in English, which is great, goes, goodbye, Jojo. And yeah. kicks, Jojo, kicks Jojo into the fire. It's like, you idiot. I could just grab onto the wall. Have fun burning to death, stupid. <laughs> what are they even in at that moment? It, it, like, it kind of looks like a humongous chimney. It's... But as far as Jojo falls, it's like taller than the mansion. The geography of that house makes no sense at this point. No, absolutely <laughs> not. And then we get a great, if you're a Kenshin fan, maybe yes. this got you hyped. I have Saito Hajime written in my notes. That's what I wrote. So Jojo decides that instead of dying, he pulls the hunk of spear, which has been in his shoulder this whole time. He stabs that into the wall, jumps off of it, and tries to grab Dio. Realizing that he's too short to grab him by the ankle, he then pulls off his belt. I get he's really quick to do this without falling back down. And then, like, Indiana Jones uh, wraps his, his belt around Dio's leg to pull him down. I, I still remember back when we watched Kenshin together many, many years ago. We had that one scene, and I think simultaneously we both said he used his, his belt. belt. It's so cool. It's a great Kenshin scene. And it scene. happened again, and somehow Jojo's pants never suffer for it. Exactly. He's, they he's, stay on. His glutes are holding him up at that point. Guy's so strong. Um, <laughs> well, then at that point, he's grabbed Dio, and Dio's all like, ah, I could get away from this. And he, like, wallops Jojo's arms, and he responds like, oh, no. Jojo's arms should be dust, but he, I, I can't get away from him. And then Jojo's response is to stab Dio with the knife that he stabbed, that Dio stabbed George with. And then he gives Dio a big old hug. And he's yeah. like, I'm going down with you. Yep. And then we find out that Jojo's a Saiyan. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Because I remember Dio randomly said, wait a minute, I forgot. He gets stronger every time he loses. Yeah, <laughs> this weird moment where it's like, that can't be canon. It's like, that wasn't ever mentioned before. This is much like, oh my god, just like my birthmarks that have always been there, JoJo is a freak and always gets stronger when he loses. I mean, it, it kind of lines up with what we got in the first two episodes. Remember, because he was always getting his butt kicked, and then all of a sudden he was stronger. Yeah, so I guess that maybe that's them justifying all the victories. Yeah, it sounded like a recon, or like yeah. a, not necessarily a recon, but like a, they were trying to justify it after the fact. It's It was real crazy, but uh, fortunately for JoJo, because of this, he and Dio separate. Dio gets impaled on the family's good luck statue. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, the mansion blows up in such a way that Jojo is like thrown from the mansion into the fountain within spinning distance of Speedwagon, who is just so happy to see Jojo. <laughs> he still sounded sad. He was like, Jojo won, but he's like bawling his eyes out the whole time. Well, he's like, but at what cost? Mm. At look, what cost? Look at all he lost. I love this episode. I think this is a great episode. This is a great fight. This is when things started to get crazy. It was fun going back and forth. I felt, I feel like the idea that Dio and Jojo were like these brothers separated and hate each other was a, it's kind of forced. Yeah. But I, the thing is that the anime is so in love with it that I am too. And I want to, I know I mostly sound like I'm joking, but I feel like Speedwagon being such a fan of everything that's happening kind of like gives the show a little extra charm where it's like look at mm -hmm. these two they were destined to do this what a terrible destiny yeah because oh i think we forgot wait 
where we forgot, well, on the roof and fighting Dio, Jojo has a flashback of his whole life. Oh, I forgot. Crap, I skipped over that note. Yeah. I even wrote, it's like, walk hard. It was like out of nowhere. Like nothing led up to it. It was just suddenly Jojo remembers his life. And it's like a five second flashback. His life was very short and shitty. Yeah. Well, I I forgot about that. I even wrote in my notes, Jojo has to see his whole life flash before his eyes before he can have a roof fight. I totally missed that. That was the only thing the narrator got to do since yeah. since Speedwagon took his job. Exactly. And it's so funny because that's where the episode title comes in, Youth with Dio. He's like, my youth with Dio was so crappy. Oh, I see what you did. Yeah, I, did. I wrote that down. It's like, hey, they did the Arrested Development thing. Hey, that's the title of the show. Uh, the final note I have for this episode is that Dio makes so many incredible sounds. <laughs> yes. That's what I was going on earlier about. He's been great to listen to he he also does like a it, it's it's written like w r y like rah? i can't do it but like he has mm-hmm. this great sound and the actor does such an incredible job of bringing all of his doisms to life he had to have had fun with the episode because in this episode dio just kind of cut loose like it seems like he just you know stopped caring and was whatever oh it's so great like everyone's having well maybe not jojo but Dio and Speedwagon are having the times of their lives in this episode. Jojo with those big doll doe ear, those doe eyes of his going on every frame. He's like, oh God, the spirit of my family. It's great. I, I love this. This is such a classic. And I feel like it and and it really does bring a close to the like the beginning feel of the show. Like we've crossed the threshold and mm-hmm. things are only gonna get weirder. Was this the first episode to have an after credit scene so far? Like an actual scene and not just a, in the next episode? Oh, wait, I didn't I didn't see. There was an after credit scene? Boy, yeah, there was an after credit scene. Uh, I was so hyped for the next one, I just went for it. What was it? It was the the, the poison guy survived, right? Or what did he survive? What's I remember thing? that from the manga. Yeah, he survived and he, he... He was digging through the runes and he found, like, you didn't really get to see it. It was all kind of shadowed. But that's when, like... Dio's arm just reaches out, grabs the guy by the head, and like and th- makes him a thrall at that point. Ah, uh, and that okay. was after the credits. And then there was a uh, next time. Shoot. Uh, well, then I gotta definitely watch pa- after the credits then, because I am a fool. I am a fool. Yeah, I but didn't yeah, I remember, remember that them. from the manga. Okay. Well, like I guess they still put it in there if you watch the credits. Exactly. How did you not stick through all the credits? The, I was the, so hyped for episode that, four, I had to what? immediately click next. Oh, but those end credits, I can't skip them. They're too good. They're really good, and I love the Aztec imagery. It's, I, I'm just so hyped. Uh, do you want to get to episode four? Yeah, let's jump in. Alrighty, so episode four, Overdrive, one word. Now oh, we enter to fighting anime territory. This is so fighting anime. So This is my favorite character. I think I might love him as much as you love Speedwagon. I love Speedwagon. So we open on a blue sky. Uh, we are Speedwagon is standing in front of what kind of looks like a church, I think. A church or a monastery. I just assumed it was a hospital. I, I don't know. It might be a hospital. I didn't know if hospitals were a thing like in 1800s. Yeah, they were probably. I don't know. No. He's in a building. Speedwagon uh, then is so concerned about JoJo because he's like, oh my God. He. I wrote a, a couple Speedwagon quotes from this monologue because I just kept <laughs> laughing so much. He wrote, uh, he said, he's totally alone. <laughs> and then he says, I hope that I could give him the will to live. Speedwagon 
is such a bro. He's so worried about Jojo, who's got, fighting for his life. He got kicked in the head once, and now he is a friend for life. That's Jojo's real power. He can kick the love into What it is, I had a note from the previous episode that Jojo solves all his problems with kicks. Exactly. He made a best friend for life by kicking him in the head, and he defeated Dio in that last fight by kicking him away at the last second. Exactly. The power of kicks. The power of kicks. We then have a baffling moment where Speedwagon is super worried about Jojo, but it is shocked to realize that someone is taking care of him. <laughs> in, in the hospital, maybe church area. Yeah, wherever Jojo is. So it's like, he's walking to the room. He's like, I'm going to go pay my best buddy Jojo a visit. And he's like, wait a minute, the light's on. I didn't leave the light on. And <gasps> someone's caring for him in this hospital. And just kind of creepily watches for a while and realizes he's in good hands. Oh, yeah. So then uh, we realize that Jojo really has grown as a person because the moment he comes to, he immediately recognizes that Arena Pendleton is back and it's her. Mm -hmm. It's not like the first time they saw each other where he didn't know who she was. <laughs> I, was I was happy to see her again. It's cool. It was good to see Arena again. It is a little bit of a, a, a secondary mute cute where he's like, it couldn't possibly be you. And she's like, you mean Arena Pendleton? Yeah. <laughs> and it's neat to see like after seven years i'm glad they're getting a second shot and i like that yeah she seems happy again i think the last time we saw her was she was abandoning jojo because of the whole dio thing and she seems to at least be moving on now yeah and then she they both comment on how both have grown up rather nicely and then which to me means that speedwagon is just not observant because they then have arena faint which makes me think that she has not slept because she's been taking care of Jojo night and day. I think they have that implication. Like, wasn't she looking tired or something? Yeah, but then why is why is Speedwagon surprised that someone's been taking care of him? What do you think? Uh, he's been like staring at Jojo for days. Do you think he hasn't? Maybe maybe he's been standing outside <laughs> monologuing. That takes time to come up with that good material. Exactly. So then my maybe my favorite line of the episode happens. Oh, yeah. So Arena faints. Jojo catches her in one of his giant arms. With his broken arm. Yeah, his arm is broken. He's still so strong. He he grabs her. They have this great moment where they look into each other's eyes and Speedwagon's like, all right, looks like this is going to go great. He walks away and then says, time for Speedwagon to play it cool. <laughs> and I love that line He's the so much. Uh, oh, my God. He I talks about the third person. I would have liked it if, or I would have found it funny if his arm had just collapsed after he caught her anyways. Like, because that's, that's not how a broken arms work. You don't will through it. <laughs> She's like, silly Jojo. It's you not know. a matter of having the willpower to hold it up. Oh my goodness. But I, I loved all that. I love Speedwagon. Speedwagon walking away, talking about himself in the third person. Congratulating himself for not watching Jojo get his bone on is pretty good. Hmm. We then cut to Whitechapel, London. And I was immediately reminded that Jack the Ripper's in this show. He seemed, they, they used him up pretty fast though. Oh yeah. So Jack is back, so to speak. He, he's doing what Jack the Ripper does. He's murdering a lady. He's not much of a character. Like, they don't do much with him other than the fact they made him handsome as hell. He's, he's, he's a handsome gentleman. So he's doing his deal. And then Dio and Poison Man show up. Dio's in like a sick wheelchair. He's got a Sith cloak. And it's like, gives like a speech about like, you know, darkness and then proclaims that Jack the Ripper could be part of his evil elite. He then hypnotizes, hypnotizes Jack the Ripper and has him join his team. Uh, team Dio or the, or the evil elite has been formed. 
I'm glad they kind of loop back because they, they used Jack the Ripper as like an establishing shot in the previous episode. So it's kind of funny that they brought him back. As a, as a plot element even. Yeah, he's a character on the show. We then flash back or, or move forward a little bit. Jojo has returned to the ruins of the mansion. And, and for who has been a pretty dumb character for multiple episodes is intelligently looking for the mask. He's really hoped it's been destroyed, but he really needs to know that the mask is gone. He's with Arena as well. They walk away from the mansion, but Jojo notices that a dude in a white top hat is following him. He he like notices that the guy's behind him and then he turns around. Now the guy's ahead of him and he's eating a sandwich. Before Jojo can really be like, who are you? The guy's like, hello, Jojo and Arena Pendleton. Like he knows who they are. Mm-hmm. And then does what I can only describe as jumping while still sitting. Yeah. No, every every single movement of Zepp- the, this guy. Yeah. Is, um, I love this guy. There's no scene he is in and like no frame that he is out where he is not posing fabulously and just killing it. He's incredible. So he, he jumps up into the air while his legs are still crossed. And he then pinky boops Jojo in the stomach. And this magically heals Jojo's wounds. Yeah, that was... I have, I have my note written down here. It's pinky promise. Yeah. <laughs> I promise your wounds are healed. That's not cool. Jojo, there was no consent involved in that. Jojo did not, like he could have asked Jojo, hey, do you want to be healed? There's no he time. Go, here we There's go, no Nani. Time. Pinky in the stomach. Pinky in the stomach. Uh, the guy then explains that his name is Baron Zapelli. Uh, I wrote that he is a magic man. <laughs> and then he describes that he booped Jojo in the diaphragm and uh, released a form of breathing that heals all of his wounds. We then have one of the best, dumbest things that's happened this show so far. And Jojo proclaims that he is healed because he can even lift this rock. <laughs> yeah, he did. I forgot about that. It's great. It's like he's holding a random like boulder in his hand. And Arena's watching in dumbfounded like awe at Jojo holding this rock. It's just that I even I had to write it down. I had to write down this direct quote. He's like, I can even lift this rock. It's great. I love Zapelli's. What a great entrance. Mm-hmm. We then are introduced to, I think, uh, if, if there are a couple quintessential JoJo scenes, we now have what I've written in my notes, the frog scene. So the guy then describes that he is a master of Sendo, uh, a fighting style that uses Haman, which is a uh, ripple energy. He then, uh, to demonstrate, stands in a pond and then starts doing some great breathing sounds and water ripples around him. And he punches a frog that's on a rock. The most um, chill frog in the world. That frog does not blink. It does not move. Like Jojo and Arena are both screaming in horror at the idea that they're about to watch a frog get smashed. Zapelli's Sendo magic causes the force of the blow to go through the frog and then completely demolish the rock underneath. The frog then comically like drops Looney Tune style into the water and then floats away. I couldn't tell if he used his ripple powers to heal the frog from the force of the wound or caused it to pass through the frog. I think the idea was that it was supposed to have passed through the frog, like it only hit his intended target. Kind of like, like an advanced Fute no Kiwami. Yeah, so speaking of Kenshin again. Uh, and this does predate Kenshin. Uh, by a a couple decades actually i had that question yeah so this is still we're still in the 1980s when the comics were coming out i think i believe kenshin was a 90s comic okay um but zapelli i love the idea of sendo this fighting style that uses breathing to recreate the energy of the sun in your body 
how how'd you react to that did you like the idea the concept yeah i like the concept it was a neat angle to come into it was like i happen to have the perfect technique for fighting vampires but being able to basically punch sunlight into them yeah i guess it's kind of funny where it's like you, you ran into a vampire that you had to kind of like by the skin of your teeth fight and then a magic man shows up and it's like i can teach you how to punch a vampire to death oh but this guy said he had been searching for the mask for decades like yes he, he gave us the whole backstory that i guess we never found out how it got to a right to a, the jojo mom did we no, it's not explained. So we get this thing where he he does say that his mission is to destroy the mask. And before he finishes his, before he really gets to the meat of his narration, he then notices that Jojo had uh, haphazardly grabbed onto a tree and flowers started blossoming from where he touched it. Mm -hmm. And then we have the Messiah like, like, oh my God, this means this guy is super great at this. So they had like glitter and like, like i feel like it was a disney princess moment that's how i remember that being do, do, like all shiny and animals and plants were all around him do you want to know what my note was for that scene huh if only Speedwagon had been there to watch this happen <laughs> oh that would have been great to hear what he said about it he's like oh my uh, god flowers sprout it's his giant manly hands but speaking about like the the timeliness of uh zeppelini showing up all of a sudden yeah. like he said he'd been looking for decades for this mask he literally showed up like what a week after any of this stuff would have been useful yeah i guess i i don't know maybe there were vampire ru rumors like but like everyone who was there was dead so there were no witnesses so I, I guess it is a little suspect that he shows up at that time mm. we then have a really quick scene with dio who's just been eating ladies till he heals all of his burn wounds and then, like, treats Jack the Ripper like a dog. Because after he's finished with one of the ladies, like, eat, boy. Eat, Jackie. Mm -hmm. Have your share. One week has now passed. They've jumped forward. JoJo's done all of his training. Or has at least spent a week finding out about Sendo and Haman. And after a week of training, Zapelli decides to share his backstory. Years and years and years ago, his name actually is Will A. Zapelli. <laughs> not Baron. Baron is not his first name. It's just his title. <laughs> So William, William Zapelli, and his father were archaeologists that studied the Aztecs. They found that mask and planned on bringing it back to Europe. And unfortunately, one of the crew members uh, was seduced by the power of the mask and turned into a vampire and ate the whole crew. Zapelli, freaking out about this, jumped into the water. The vampire followed. But uh, fortunately for Zapelli, the murder lust that killed 58 people uh, stopped similar to Dio's first experience with the sun coming up. Bummer for Zapelli, the guy that was uh, the vampire was his dad. Womp womp. That exploded. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like, what a little loaded story that was. <laughs> it's really weird that they don't explain, like, why his dad. It, it's, it's odd that they added that touch. I assumed it was just accidental. Oh, you know, that's a good idea. I like that touch. That maybe it was accidental. And then they have a couple more conversations about Haman, what it does, why it kills vampires. And then we, we enter Shonen territory because we get our first Shonen move of the show where Zapelli does the arm extender where he dislocates his shoulder and all of his joints to punch further than he should be able to and then using his Haman energy to snap everything back into place. And notice he didn't say it was painless. He just said that the Haman energy helped it. Yeah, he didn't say, yeah, but he's so boss. Yeah. That he could do this really weird, goofy. He's basically like Dulcine from Street Fighter. Yeah is what he can do. 
Before JoJo can comment too much, though, on dislocating your shoulder to punch better, uh, Speedwagon shows up. He's been busy because he's found Dio. All right. In what is a bizarre twist, after only a week of exercising and showing him one punch move, Zapelli feels that JoJo is ready to fight. <laughs> in a montage, he's good to go. I guess it's a good point. And yet again, this is still in a period of the anime where they just want to get to stuff. Mm. So we are already to the fighting times. Our gang is in a carriage and they're heading towards the Wintnight Lot Tunnel. That is where they need to go, where they've heard that Dio's going to be. Uh, before entering the tunnel, Jojo remembers that he didn't say goodbye to Arena, proving that he is still an idiot. Decides that isn't a mistake because there's no way he's going to die or anything bad will happen. And he'll make it back to her. Well, that was, it wasn't even a monologue. He just suddenly started narrating. Like for a brief moment, Jojo was the narrator. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That threw me off. It was odd. It was odd. But before you can really spend too much time thinking about stuff, the carriage stops. Also, you forgot Jojo had a, a dope new outfit all of a sudden. Oh my God. I forgot to mention how dope that outfit is. I love, here's, I know this is a weird thing to talk about, but I love the weird fashion sense of this sh of the show jojo has accessorized he's not as he's not as great he doesn't have an outfit as good as zapelli but mm. boy jojo well i mean zapelli <laughs> it's perfect it's perfect guy's immaculate so the the carriage has stopped i i didn't write who jumped out i believe it's Speedwagon who jumps out i could be wrong i don't remember who did they I thought they all got out together. I don't remember someone getting out first. I thought someone got out first. And I'm like, hey, be careful out there. There's no sun in these here tunnels. Oh, then I think it was JoJo. And they're like, hey, cab driver, what's wrong? And then, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> the cab driver oh. is not only dead, but his head is missing. And someone, well, I mean, it's obviously Jack the Ripper because it's his knives all stabbed into mm. the body. But the horse, a horse head, like one-upping the godfather. Yeah. The horse head is on the neck stump of the cab driver and the horses are dead too and everyone is not stoked about this you won't believe what happens next yeah you totally won't because then jack the ripper's <laughs> face pops out of one of the severed horse necks and he's like hey everybody and everyone is still not really stoked about that happening he then jumps out of the horse body jojo and, and speedwagon are understandably upset about this zapelli produces a bottle of wine pokes open a hole in the top of it and then pours it into a glass completely unfazed what i want to get at is that they had like, it was like the the cart stops because it felt like they had like a bump or something yeah and then like the span of maybe five seconds or like what was that bump i'll go and investigate and in that time frame jack the ripper had enough time to kill horses <laughs> yeah. decapitate a man remove the horse head and replace the man's head and then crawl inside of that horse and just wait there to be discovered i know that he's not playful but i like the idea he's like oh man this is gonna spook him this is gonna spook him <laughs> i mean i know that jack isn't a great character but there's something sickly charming about this weird like i'm gonna spook him out of this horse he does it again later we'll talk about it when we get there but it's like he's just got this attitude of ambush he, he one-ups things so uh as zapelli pours his wine uh jack's like oh you like wine i have a hobby too and then he stabs himself in the head all right yeah and they're like boy that guy is real crazy <laughs> and then we have a weird moment where zapelli starts talking about strategy and mm -hmm. he's like jojo if i were this guy i'd block the tunnel 
And Jack, hearing this, then grabs the entire carriage. Oh, right. Throws it at the entrance and then blocks the entrance of the tunnel. He then flexes and reveals that he is full of knives. How can he hug with so many knives in him, Pat? It's so crazy. This guy is stoked. He is full of knives and is ready to hug. He wants to give everybody a hug. We then have returned to anime land. Uh, Zappelli has is now proved why he poured himself some wine. He actually put some in his mouth and is now spitting the wine out in a move that is called the Hamon Cutter and has created like blade discs of wine that he proclaims to be sharper than the knives. Oh, uh, spit fighting. Please, please, uh, I called it wine foo. I have wine foo written down here. Wine foo. Yeah. Hell yeah. So he performs his wine foo and then basically gives a fear is the mind killer speech to Jojo. You get, he's posing like for the rest of this episode too. He's not standing like a plebeian would. Oh no. The entire rest of this episode, he is striking different, but amazing poses. He is posing. He's talking about how courage, he gives like an analogy about like, a flea drinking blood from a human is not brave. Yeah. It's not courage. <laughs> so that zombie can't be brave. Yeah. And then he explains that uh, Jack the Ripper is not a full-blown vampire, but instead is a zombie. But I guess he does have some of his personality left over. He then uh, continues the power of anime and has a special uh, knee-based attack. And, and he, he knees Jack in the face which causes poor Jack's face to start melting and, and, and uh, Jack runs off. And then I think, I love this, this escalation. He then looks at Jojo and says, you got to finish Jack. And by the way, even though this is your first fight, he then overpours the wine glass, hands it to him and says, if you spill a single drop of wine in this fight, I will abandon you. It's the pressure is on now. Yeah. I just, I love the, the the escalation. And fortunately, because we have the best character of all time here, you can't even process it because Speedwagon immediately calls BS on that idea. He's like, that's insane. Why would you do this wine-based test? And then Zapelli explains that this wine test will prove that Jojo is a Viking. Oh yeah, it's about the, he went into the Viking speech. He's the North Winds are what created the Viking. And I guess it under, they have a breathing based fighting style, so I could see mm -hmm. this idea of the Northern Winds and Vikings. And stuff. Well, he goes into he explains it himself, like right at the very end of the episode. Because at this point, are we talking about how has JoJo gone into the tunnels after Zombie Guy yet? Well, he's about to. Okay, yeah. So as as he walks into the tunnel to go after Jack the Ripper, Zapelli is still trying to win over Speedwagon to this insane idea of this wine test and he's talking about jojo becoming a viking before we really have time to think about anything jack the ripper appears which what i can only describe is a rib cage shaped <laughs> weapon full of knives this is what we need to talk about because after the horse setup he had to do hit the top himself yet again and just kind of flies by with it too <laughs> and like like he, i hope my wire team is ready <laughs> yeah. and he's making the greatest sound the entire time it's like a blah, 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 or something He's like jibber jabbering like yeah, a muppet. Like <laughs> flies by It's so good. It's so good. Um, he does cut Jojo a little bit, which yeah. causes Jojo to go like, so Jojo in one hand has wine in the other hand a torch. Jojo's initial response is to immediately throw his torch on the ground and be like, well, if he can't see me, he can't do that BS again. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to see that again yeah <laughs> this is win-win for jojo jojo kind of freaks out about the wine but then realizes like really super quickly that he could channel 
his Haman energy through the wine and it becomes a form of radar. Right, yeah. It syncs with it syncs with like the undead vampire energy or zombie energy of Jack, who is hiding behind a wall with his ribcage thing being like, oh, I'm gonna get him. I'm mm-hmm. gonna get him. While this is all happening, this is all being interspliced with uh zeppelini still trying to sell a speed wagon on what's going on right now he's like yo man vikings he's still talking about it and like i got this written down immediately after he says he explains what the whole northern wind meets viking thing said and he's like what that really means is that adversity creates opportunity it's like so you know only through struggle are people getting stronger kind of thing so that's why vikings were awesome is because they lived in harsh territory so i'm throwing him into the meat grinder to get better that's how he's explaining everything right now. And immediately after he says that's the actual explanation, turns out, no, what he really means is that the wine is zombie radar. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this analogy is BS. Uh, the wine does become zombie radar. And uh, Jojo, I guess, is inspired by the wine and invents his first anime move. And he performs his very first overdrive, which is just a blast of Haman energy. He punches the wall and sprays Haman energy through it. And uh, Jack the Ripper still thinks he's the cleverest boy, but the Haman energy comes through, he gets blasted. And as he kind of like explodes, Zapelli's like, this boy, he's totally a Viking. And then we get <laughs> with the, the meme music at the end, which is finally getting closer and closer to that level mm-hmm. of where it, the music cuts in to sepia tone. Like, we're getting closer to where it was. And that's the end of uh, episode four, Overdrive. And things, I can't wait to see how much more bizarre this gets in our adventure. I love the escalation of this. There's a ton. I mean, we, we I think throughout, we, we sound, I, I'm, I'm real positive on these two episodes. I, I, I don't mind how shonen it kind of has become, mm-hmm. where everyone has techniques. Like, no one's just punching each other anymore. It's like, everything has to have a name. It is, but like one thing I'm starting to realize is that one thing that I really appreciate, uh, in like in life in general, is I really get into other people's enthusiasms about things. Yeah. So getting into JoJo is a lot of just how much you love JoJo, and I love hearing you talk about JoJo. So it's <laughs> be kind of writing your enthusiasm for JoJo get in here. And I think what makes JoJo so awesome, from what I'm getting from these episodes, is that JoJo loves itself that much. It's so stoked about so everything it brings. Not, so the fact that it gets these shonen things. It just doesn't matter because it loves what it is doing so much at every step. It's really great because usually the way that this is structured right now is someone does something, there's always a side character being like, look at how awesome this thing is. It's so good. I I am wondering, what was it called? Sendo? Yeah, Sendo. I'm wondering if that's going to be like the Kaioken from Dragon Ball Z where it just gets phased out by like Super Saiyan and we don't see it again. Man... Uh, are you are you a psychic? No, of course. Send will be around forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sendo is 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 kind of I. You could be comfortable with Sendo for a while. Sendo is definitely the Good. first thing. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Sendo phase of JoJo. How a uh, kind of tangent question because in the intro, uh, the intro has what looks like the outfit of the of the JoJo that I'm used to seeing memes from. One guy wears the hat. I don't know if that's him in this intro or if it's just this Jojo eventually wears a similar outfit. Well, Jojo eventually, either in the next couple of episodes or not, is just going to start dressing like Fist of the North Star. That was exactly what I was going to ask. It's like, where was this in relation to Fist of the North Star? They were contemporaries. 
Okay. So this was straight up like, whoa. Like, this is when you know the Japanese didn't really have copyright back then. <laughs> or still. Because it's like everyone's named after bands. And the main character of the show is literally dressed like Fist of the North Star. I'm a big fan of the idea of, like, they found a way to punch vampires. And we've we've progressed so far. Zipelli, I think, is, is a total revelation. For the, he is such a cool... Like, I wrote, he's a top hat Italian Yoda. And I love that. I am... You might not have guessed this, but I am in love with Zabelli right now. He's, yeah, he's my I, favorite character at this point. If we did a tier list of characters, my favorite is Speedwagon. <laughs> he's S tier. I guess maybe the weak link of the show is still JoJo, though. I think it's uh, Speedwagon, Zapelli are the two best, then Dio, and then JoJo. He is, like, he's still coming off with a lot of the naivety without seeming to have necessarily earned this whole messiah complex that the anime treats him with. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel like this is something that when we get to season two, the mm. second JoJo is a complete reaction to the first. And I, you can tell by his visual design alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for us to continue to see this. I mean, this is cool space because we're way past where you've ever checked before. Yep. Now we're do, in new territory. For me. Do you have any ideas or predictions of where this is, what the next episode is going to hold? I guess maybe you saw a, a trailer or something, but like, what do you think is going to happen for for where we're going. Honestly, this anime has been too crazy for me to think that it's that predictable at the moment. Oh, cool. Because I, I couldn't have seen Zapelli coming from anywhere. Like the way episode three ended did make me think, well, he's probably going to meet a uh, top hat wearing Yoda who's going to pinky punch him in the gut next episode. <laughs> There's <laughs> no way I could have seen that coming. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're about, uh, the crazy thing is we're already basically halfway through this JoJo's story. I kind of feel sad about that. This first JoJo ends with episode nine. So we have five more episodes with Zapelli, Speedwagon, and JoJo. How much of that is just one fight between Dio and JoJo? There's, I think there's some fights leading up to that. Okay. <laughs> Something that we can see coming up is there's a huge meme, I believe, that will happen in the next episode that came from a really bad fan translation, oh. uh, where uh, I think they asked Dio, like, you know, how many are you, do you feel guilty about how many lives you've taken? And he goes, do you remember how many breads you ate? And I'm <laughs> curious to see how they will address that. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I'll have to send it to you. But yeah, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm a big fan of this. I'm excited to see uh, how they recreate things. We got a lot of fights ahead of us. A lot of people are going to just be inventing moves left, right, and center. Are you working for manga knowledge or have you not seen the anime parts? I'm only working for manga knowledge. I've never oh. seen the anime. So I'm curious to see how the anime delivers on what I know. I will say it's a great adaptation. It's definitely moving through stuff super quick, mm -hmm. but it got to the stuff that I like. I, I think that when Zapelli shows up and Speedwagon becomes a cheerleader is when the show really comes alive. So the last two episodes. Yeah, the last two episodes. Yeah. So I, I hope you liked what we saw because it's going to be a lot more like that for the rest of season one. I'm looking forward to it. All righty, that's the end of the book club. We'll see you all next week.